lot of people don't like this time of year. I know I do, but I feel like sometimes I'm in the minority. And, and the reason for a lot of people is totally legit. I get that. It gets darker faster. It's not as bright outside. And that is something that affects people deeply. And our Scott Chance has been looking into that. Seasonal affective disorder is so real. I know so many people who are impacted by this. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely huge. And I also think that, Simi, because I like you, don't get affected by it as much. I do have mental health struggles like so many people do, but the the weather and the gray sky and stuff is not one of the things that gets me. And I think it's because I grew up here, but so many people who come to BC haven't really experienced the, the gloom, you know, of our winters. And I think it can really hit some people hard and have, and have an effect on people. And we keep hearing this term, seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, as it's referred to. That's like the acronym, the short form for it. And it starts to kick up around now and is, yeah, probably going to last for several months. So I wanted to have a conversation about it and, you know, talk about it and, yeah. Uh, basically just understand more of what we can do to understand it and watch for it and also help people who might be suffering with it. So yeah, I spoke with uh, Dr. Michael Mack. He's a psychiatrist and sleep disorder specialist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And I started just by asking him, like, what even is SAD? Yeah, it's a condition uh, that's related to depressive symptoms. But instead of um, of being present uh, all year long, it's more associated with an onset uh, during uh, certain parts of the year. Uh, classically speaking, in Canada, it would be uh, the fall and winter. It affects 3 to 5% of Canadians. Uh, it's characterized by decreased uh, mood, uh, inability to enjoy things you like usually, poor sleep, uh, low energy, poor concentration, and uh, impaired appetite. And in most severe cases, it can lead to thoughts of suicide. Now, what's the difference between this, like the actual disorder that we're talking about, and people who just kind of, you know, they get the blues because summer's over, the days are shorter, uh, it's colder out, there's less fun activities to do outside because it's, it's raining or, you know, I think a lot of us kind of feel that when the weather changes. So how is, is sad different from just, you know, oh, it's a change of season? That's a great question. So the the difference between uh, SAD and, let's say, seasonal blues is the fact that uh, in SAD, there's a dysfunction to your daily life. Like the symptoms uh, cause you to have problems at work, have problems with, uh, you know, spending time with the family. It has to cause you some sort of daytime dysfunction. If it doesn't, that's not to say it's not a problem, but it's just that it's it's not as severe as uh, seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal blues affect up to a third of Canadians, where you know people will talk about a decrease in mood, as you mentioned, due to the changes in weather, temperature, and light uh, exposure. Um, and then there's another subset of people, 10 to 15 percent of Canadians, they actually have all those symptoms of SAD. So. You know, decreased mood, uh, maybe uh, impairments in sleep and uh, appetite, uh, but that doesn't cause them dysfunction. So the same symptoms not causing dysfunction that affects ten to fifteen percent of Canadians. Hmm. Okay. And do you like? Do you agree with that? This has kind of become more commonly talked about. Sort of more. I don't want to use the word accepted, but more. It, it, more people are comfortable sort of talking about it and see it as an issue. Do you, have you have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, you know, it has to do with advocacy. I think there's a greater awareness of mental health conditions and people are more likely to talk about them. Whereas before, you know, when, when 
that you have to challenge about, you know, uh, your emotions and things like that. People kind of just keep it inside. Yeah, totally. And I think that I agree with you. I think that's a fantastic thing. Like I know people who have sad or are affected by sad and the idea that, you know, we've done all this advocacy. We're not there yet, but we're still, you know, talking about mental health awareness and those type of things. It's been a, a huge step forward, but I think there's still, at least with sad, it, Maybe it has to do with like the acronym, which I think is a great acronym, by the way. But people sort of uh, look at it as kind of like, oh, you're depressed because the weather, you know, and almost don't treat it as seriously as other mental health conditions because I guess it it sort of feels like something that we all kind of deal with and it just affects people differently. Can you comment on that? Have you noticed any of that? Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, like... Uh, once again, it's all about educating people, right? Like uh, the the science behind uh, SAD as a condition is very robust. Uh, it has to do with the decreases in exposure to uh, sunlight and bright light uh, during fall and winter. So the science behind this condition is uh, rock solid. Uh, it's just a matter of getting you know uh, folks out there educated about it. Yeah, absolutely. And how how can we uh, support? people who suffer from this condition, or maybe if we're feeling like, you know, we're suffering from this condition or something similar to it ourselves, um, how can we combat this? Because, you know, like I live in Vancouver, uh, it's pretty gray here. We get a lot of rain. How, other than like getting on a plane to Mexico, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if, so like, let's say if it's like a day where it's not overcast and there's some natural sunlight out, I would advocate for uh, for folks to go outside, expose themselves to natural sunlight. Barring that, if we don't have that opportunity, uh, you know, you can invest in a seasonal affective disorder bright light. So those sad lights uh, that you can get from Amazon or Walmart or Costco, these lights have a minimum brightness of 10,000 lux. And this brightness uh, of the light, and if you expose yourself to this light for 30 minutes uh, or more daily, uh, has been shown to improve one's mood if you suffer from seasonal depression, uh, to the extent that the, the, the outcome is like taking an antidepressant medication. Hmm, yeah, and one of the things that I've heard about, maybe you could comment on this, is vitamin D, because we get vitamin D from the sun, right? Yeah, like uh, sunlight exposure allows your body to uh, metabolize and, and, and you know to, to be able to absorb vitamin D. The thing is, is that uh, vitamin D by itself is, is, not, is, is not a treatment for seasonal Hmm. Bright light exposure is, but not uh, taking a supplement of vitamin D. This is all great information because we hear so much, so many things as people kind of talk about it uh, just randomly, you know? So it's great to get some actual information. If people feel like they might be um, sort of struggling with this or, or affected by this, is there a place they can go, like a resource or a website that, that you want to mention? Um, I know you have a podcast, something we can mention that uh, we can direct people to? Uh, I, I think if you uh, search the internet for CAMH, that's where I work, the Center for Addiction Mental Health, and seasonal depression, you'll see uh, a patient infographic uh, for uh, seasonal depression. It gives you some facts about it, uh, you know, and, and how to treat it. 
That's Dr. Michael Mack. He's a psychiatrist and sleep disorder specialist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. That website, again, CAMH.ca, and his podcast is called The Big Sleep. I've known, as I said, quite a few people who have had this. In fact, there was someone I used to work with who had the lamp, the seasonal affective disorder lamp, in the room. And this was like 20, this was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was a lot of explaining that had to go with it. And there was skepticism, as you right. outlined there. But I saw the difference oh. in this person when they had that lamp there and, and just being in front of it for Absolutely. a certain period of time. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was interesting to sort of hear him talk too about that vitamin D thing, because I've heard that so mm-hmm. many times. Take vitamin D, take vitamin D, but it doesn't replace that light therapy that we all need. This is also why I find the debate over keeping daylight saving time always right. versus standard time fascinating because sure you'll get an hour later in the evening but mornings like this are going to be darker longer as you wait for the light to go and i think getting started in your day is very challenging totally dropping the kids off for school in the dark is just terrible and that's not going to improve if, if we go to daylight saving time so all sorts of great things for us to think about scott thank you for that no problem for most of us crime is something we see on the news We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.